Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends and partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Ronald, I couldn't help but notice the glum sadness in your voice. It's the, it's the glumness that says, uh, I've been home for a while and I need to get on the road. And um, yeah. you're, you're getting out of town soon, baby, and we're going to hear all about that. And we're going to talk kind of broadly just about this, uh, this concept of conferences uh, because I don't know how you guys do it. I don't know how you sit through multiple marathon-length reformed sermons each week. Uh, but we'll get into that. But first, Piper, we have sponsor business to get into. We've got uh, lavish, decadent leather goods, leather bags to talk about. So, Pipe, tell us about Saddleback Leather. Man, I feel like the name Saddleback Leather kind of just explains itself. Yeah. It just it just uh, smacks of quality and aromatic cowhide <laughs> and over-engineered goodness um but yeah our our primary sponsor this week is saddleback leather as they have been the last few episodes uh let me just let me not bury the lead on this one they're giving away five different really high quality items so you can enter to win one of these at saddlebackleather.com slash happy rant so saddlebackleather.com slash happy rant for those of you who didn't get it the first time they're giving away what is called a baby beast which is like an a really nice leather overnight bag a messenger backpack a bear trap leather pen case a little big mouth toiletry bag and a front pocket leather id wallet so that's like one of the slim wallets that you you know so instead of the big dad like wear out your back pocket wallet this is one of those sexy slim front pocket wallets that works better with like skinny jeans um so one of each of those is being given away the entries are open through the end of october so we're coming up on the end of that uh but a little word about saddleback as a whole they uh, every one of their products is what they call over engineered that means that all the stitching all of the rivets all of the buckles all the everything are exceptionally well done so i have a couple other bags from lesser companies and they always start to fall apart somewhere the fabric wears out the leather wears out something not so a saddleback and if there should be a problem every item has a hundred year warranty so we're also heading into gift giving season you know we've got christmas is around the corner which means that ron will cease being glum shortly um and these would make a fantastic gift for uh, anyone in your life who appreciates uh, any you know something of this kind of quality. So go to saddlebackleather.com and check out all their stuff. They have luggage and backpacks and briefcases and wallets and belts and canvas bags. They do stuff for corporate events. But again, saddlebackleather.com is their website. Saddlebackleather.com slash happy rant is, uh, is the giveaway site. And it's just a simple form to fill out. You'll be entered to win. And they will make the selections sometime after October. Piper, you know what else makes an amazing gift is tickets to the happy rant live show experience and uh before yeah oh, before nice. we got on the radio this morning boys we were um drawing on the glass just doing some flow charts doing some some big business dreaming and uh we we settled on a date for our next live show uh so april april 13th i believe that is uh that is, is yeah just impeccable timing by the reformed world in that it's the day after easter and two days before tax day so uh, I have no doubt that there was a cheapness-related venue reason for that week. Uh, but t- is it T4G or TGC? I always conflate. Which which 
This one's this one's T. Okay, so there's a conference called T4G Together for the Gospel, um, and it's a midweek conference. So they've made it really convenient for those of us with real jobs uh, to drop our lives to get down to Louisville. Um, I will not be going to the conference, of course, but uh, I will be going to a hipster church with moss on the wall uh, to tape some live episodes the Monday of that week. So it's Monday, April 13, uh, live in Louisville. This is a lavish night of decadence. If you've been before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, we've got Q&As from the audience. We've got free swag. Uh, we've got an evening of, of glitz and glamour. Uh, with the three of us, with the uh, with the three Happy Rant hosts, so we've done these so many times, you guys, and uh, they've been really, really fun each and every time. We've always got some uh, unique kind of after party experience. I think this year, uh, Ronald, at the risk of uh, offending our audience by mentioning Downton Abbey yet again, uh, I think you and I are scheming up a Downton Abbey themed after party. Um, yeah, where you come dressed as your favorite Downton character, and uh, and we will kind of lean into. Um, that program. So, boys, I'm excited, but I want to get a little bit into the headspace. Can Can I come dressed as Kent <laughs> Dude, that would be just, great. I might go as Kent just because I might go as Kent Ticolvi meets Mr. Carson. Like, what would that look like? You know, um, I may lean into that. Oh, speaking of Kent Ticolvi, Ron, I have a we, we have a fan of the program who sends random baseball cards to my office. And I have a Dodgers era Ron Say the Penguin baseball card from 1981. It's a 1981 uh, Don Russ. It's magnificent, and uh, it's here for you. That's enough to lift anybody out of their. That's enough to lift you out of the doldrums. I mean, really, it's travel. It's buying a plane ticket, and it's going somewhere. That Ronnie Say, Ronnie Ronnie Say, Say, Ronnie Tarmac. So Ronnie Tarmac, you're going to be, you're going to be in the airport soon. Uh, You're going to be doing the conference circuit now, baby. I don't know anyone in the world who loves conferences more than you and i honestly can't think of anything worse than sitting through like four days of of endless reform sermons so you tell me like sell me on the conference experience because this is a an abiding passion of yours well i mean okay so i speak at smaller conferences Mm -hmm. so obviously i'm not a list enough to to get any any would you say they're conferences for like normal pastors oh snap here we are here we are we've arrived we're back um, so if we're talking about like the big concert experience, mm-hmm. uh, T, is that what you're talking about? The T4G? Dude, yeah, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the, the thing where yeah, you, catalyst. yeah, where you as a fan, like you buy a ticket, like you, you go to the website, you get your ticket and you're like, sweet dude, I get to go to Louie. I get to sit for four days and listen to these dudes preach 45 minute sermons all the live long day. Right. Yeah. So here's the thing, man. So I don't. So that's a little bit more representative of my past. Okay. I go to these things if there's like a reason. It like all so so I'm heading as of this morning. I'm heading officially to T4G mm-hmm. next April because of what we're yeah. doing. Yeah, you know. And then so what I'm going to spend the next three days doing if I stick around mm-hmm. is just hanging out with friends okay. and reconnecting with people that I only see at these things. So to me, dude, it's just totally social. It's relational. Gotcha. To me. Like I don't. I don't know that I'll see more than like one talk if I even see one Dude, talk. Dude, really? Because you know, they're, well, because they put it all up online, yeah. and I, I, I would rather like I would I would just rather spend my like I, if if Pipe's going to be there, I'd rather just be I'd be like Pipe. Let's get I'd rather be doing lunch with yeah, Pipe. yeah. You know what I mean? Dude, so not to I would just rather be doing something. Not like to like that. pry yeah. too deeply into it, but do you even like buy the ticket, or do you just go and like get a hotel room and hang out? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like there's, I, I always have a way in. Okay. So whether the, whether the ticket is bought or somebody's like, hey, we're just pulling you in, here's a pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, either way, I feel like I get in. And um, yeah, but to me, it's just, what I like about it is the, the people that have gotten to know over the years that just show up to these yeah. things around the country. Yeah. Like, dude, it's just a really fun opportunity to see them and to hang. Mm-hmm. I dig it for that. Interesting. Yeah, but I don't, yeah, I don't need it's to a see little bit, talk. Yeah. It has a little bit of like a grown-up summer camp meets class reunion. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very class reunion. Where you're reuniting with people you kind of only see in this context. Mm -hmm. um, And it's not work, but it's not really like – it's not vacation because you can't just sort of like go do whatever you want all the time because there's sort of a schedule and whatever. So it's got that summer campy feel. But um, but yeah, it's 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 well worth – going to for not the yeah. sermons yeah yeah it's like if, a thing, i mean it's yeah it's like a thing that's where, not to say the sermons don't have value but just no, like it's sure. well worth going to even if you're not into that kind of thing like pipe i don't know about you but like for me what what starts to happen now is about a month before like i'll find out or i'll get i'll get messages from dudes that are showing up to 24g and it's like hey why don't we meet at this time or hey it's somebody that wants to talk about doing something and then so you just start it's almost like you start scheduling like you know, just like appointments and meetings with these dudes, lunches. I just think it's kind of fun. But I, as long as you don't feel like, I feel like a lot of guys that go to this, it's, there's there's like this pressure mm. to like attend all the sessions and the breakouts. And at some point years ago, I was like, like, I, I'm just not going to do that. Well, I think for most That's people, when they spend roll, like you know, 500 bucks or whatever, there's a, yeah, there's a sense of like, I want to, I want to do at least a few minutes of the thing that I spend all this money on. Like, this is three quarters of my salary and a hundred percent of my budget. Dude, right? Year, yeah. So. so I mean, and and we've talked about this ad nauseum, but there there is the so so in a sense, T four G is like th- both the epicenter of the world's cheapest people, but it's also a really expensive thing. So I mean, you've got just massive like heaping doses of evangelical money guilt like flowing through that place, but you've also got like all the dudes congregated in one place who want to get free stuff. Um, so to me, it just creates a massive dynamic of, okay, we've spent all this money. We don't really want to go to the talks, but we feel like we need to go to the talks so that when we go back to our church and like, you know, sweet old, like Dowager Aunt Mildred, who, you know, funds two thirds of the church says like, what did you get out of the conference? You can say more to her than just like, you know, I drink a bunch of beers with my bros from around the country, my bro pastor buddies, you know? Um, don't you feel okay? You have to come back and kind of like give a little a little report in case people are, you know, curious about what you got out of it. Um, I no, I <laughs> um no. Interesting. Well, I T four G is an interesting one too because like at the Gospel Coalition, they seem to have planned their conference with an understanding that people just pick and choose what they want yeah. to do. So. It is set up for people who want to attend a conference like Ron, okay. you know, who you're like, yeah, I want to hear those two people preach and maybe that breakout session over the course of two, two and a half mm-hmm. days. T, T4G is not set up mm-hmm. that way. It is set up so that, like, the exhibit hall and the bookstores close during the sessions. Like, they kick people oh. out. The sessions are four hours oh. long because it's like... And they're in a basketball oh. arena. So, like, if you're in the middle of a row in the upper deck and you have to pee two hours Tough in, luck. hope you brought a Gatorade bottle. Uh, and and so it's uh, 
and they don't tell you who's preaching when. It just says session one, session two, oh, session three. Brutal. And so it's designed so, like, they suck everybody into there for four hours, and then they release them on the city <laughs> to go uh, drink up. beer without making yeah, eye contact right. with others. And... And then and then bring them back in for four more hours, and you don't know if you're hearing Piper or Lig Duncan or David Platt or whoever, and uh, and so it's just a like and and they're pretty explicit about it. They're like, no, if you're here, you're here for for yeah. the preaching. That's why you come to this. And so somebody like Ron or like me, who's like, well, actually, I'm not there for just the sermons. You just sort of you have to basically mm-hmm. unplug. And be like, no, I'm just going to go be at the coffee shop or the hotel or the bar uh-huh. or whatever. And and that's a whole different thing. You know, it's just you, you basically are like you're a uh, you're like a barnacle on the conference. You're just sort of attached to it, but not really yeah. part of it. But, you know, Chet, I get what you're saying, man, because like I don't I, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like I've been able to like I haven't had to spend a bunch of money to get into these things mm-hmm. the last few years. So, you know, I definitely think there is an obligation, you know, because it is super expensive. You're taking time. You're taking a lot of cash. So yeah. if you, yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna take an entire week because it basically kills your week. Sure. To yeah. go out to this yeah. thing, um, yeah, you definitely got to come back and, and be able to, uh, I think, be able to halfway justify, justify it. it. Dude, do you think? And, yeah, and sure. this, I think, is like the brilliance, the brilliant psychology behind the conference. Okay, so you take, um, and, and I put myself in this category, right? So I'm a. We've talked about this ad nauseum too, Ron, but like. The idea that my whole my whole world revolves around shame, uh, as an Enneagram Four, like like I shame is my engine. So um, yeah, likewise. taking a thing where like Midwestern Puritan work ethic, you know, whatever, um, I wouldn't just leave for a week. You know what I mean? Like I I think for most pastors they wouldn't just be like, hey, I'm piecing out for the week. I'm gonna go sit in the woods or sit on a beach or like do do whatever rejuvenating thing I would I would maybe do in a perfect world because of the shame. So calling it a conference, uh, providing preaching. So providing a context where you can, in a fairly guilt-free way, say, I'm getting out of here for a week. Um, it, it's, it's kind of an elegant solution. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And I think, man, it's so interesting you say that, right? Because I've talked to friends that like this is one of the highlights of their year mm-hmm. because they love preaching yeah. they want to hear all the a-listers yeah. they want to get all the free books yep. you know what i mean so they they have license to go do they have guilt-free license to That's do right. this because it's in their budget yep. right but see so this is this is what i hear from guys now uh-huh. so i have some friends that like man back in my early before i was an experienced conference goer <laughs> like i would go and i would maniacally attend every minute of every sure. session but now I got guys that sort of nudge me and they give me a wink and they say, guess what I did last session? Uh-huh. And I'm like, uh, baby, what'd you do? And they're like, I went up to my hotel room and took a nap. Don't tell Whoa. me. You know oh. I mean? And I'm like, dude, no, no. You, I go, you, you know, you can do that. Yeah. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Like, that, it's, it's, you know, maybe an afternoon nap is something you don't get during the week at yeah. home. Like, dude, take it. Dude, see, take an afternoon nap. Literally. And to me, that's fascinating because, like, I'm always interested in the psychology behind all these things. And I think part of what's intoxicating about being on the road as opposed to being at home or being in the office is that in a weird way, your time kind of gets to be your own again. And it, this is, this is probably true for all three of us, even though our fields are different, like from, from minute to minute in a given like normal work week, parenting week, church week, whatever, I can probably count on one hand the number of minutes that I feel like are actually my own. Um, whereas you get to a conf, you land, 
in a, in a, in a way that like the time world is your oyster. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it feels really exciting. It feels intoxicating to skip a session because you're like, oh yeah, like there's nobody here. You know, I don't have to pick a kid up from practice or I don't have to meet with this guy or that guy in my church. I can just, yeah, there's no demands. There's no demands on my time. I can, I can literally, I can go up to my room and take a nap, which feels awesome, right? Like to me, there's it feels empowering. There's nothing in yeah. the world as exciting as skipping something, and I got into this pathology in in college to my detriment. Like I realized that it was like crack cocaine to skip a class. You know, <laughs> like the sense of freedom was just unbelievable. It was so fun, and. um you know, my, my grades as an undergraduate reflected that. But uh, I, I think the conference is kind of the same way, don't you, Pipe? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, I think the guilt it, – um, it's fascinating listening to you guys talk about this because I'm not nearly as guilt-driven mm-hmm. as you guys are, probably to my detriment. <laughs> I probably would benefit from feeling guilty about more things. Um, That's more Ted, though, to uh, – I'm not. I'm not super. That's guilty. fair. Yeah, you, sh- you don't. You don't seem. I am shame. You don't seem quite as shame. No, I'm like shamey, shame-faced about. I'm shamey about a lot of things, but guilt about things of that nature. Yeah, it's, but again, I'm not like Ted. That was really important what you said about like Midwestern or Puritan work ethic. Yeah. I'm a California dude. I mean, we just that's not a thing for us out there. We're like we. You know, we we have this thing about like you know relaxation where nobody nobody goes around feeling. Dude, can we lean that. into that for a second? Because I'm fascinated by it truly, and I want to know like. Well, I'm sorry, I cut off pipe. I'm sorry to cut you. Yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, we did. No, that was the worst. Uh, but but yeah, cue this up because I want to <laughs> I want to kind of suss the difference because it's fascinating to me that like different regions of the country and just growing up in a different place like can can create that stark of a contrast. So I want to get back to that. Uh, but but pipe pick up where you were. What I think this I think this feeds into that relaxation guilt complex about about like the the work ethic aspect because since I'm not a guilt and shame driven person generally yeah. speaking it's a lot easier for me to kind of look at this and go well yeah why wouldn't a pastor just go and use part of his time to rest up and part of his time to listen to sermons be fed yeah. take notes or hang out with his staff or meet friends like all of those are things that pastors need and everybody acknowledges that but there's still this low grade sense of but i have to justify my very existence at this thing yeah. to you know that the, the people who who give their tithes or whatever which i think at a at the healthier the church the less you have to justify yeah. those yeah, things that makes sense. i think um but yeah, it, it seems to me that there ought to be a, like, there ought to be almost a commending of the pastor Absolutely. who goes and takes a nap every day. Like, good for you. You probably needed that for the last nine months. Turn, too. Yeah, I mean, it turns out that reform people are really confused about justification. It turns out, you know. dude. Yeah, you're 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 so right, man. And, and you would, you would think for people, and you know, I'm preaching to myself here. Like, for people who are so assured about God's grace, we live like. We have to. It we live exist. like we have to earn everything every moment. You know what I mean? Like, right. yeah, um, yeah we're, reform people are horrible. Reformed. People. Well, we're so, we're such legalists. I mean, we're we're the worst kinds of legalists. And I wonder if it's because, and we need to sell like nap time indulgences. <laughs> sell, at yeah, T4G. yeah, absolutely. Fifty dollars, you can go up and take a nap, man. We would. Who's the worst reform guy you've ever met? Oh, that reform. Yeah, guy. exactly. No, I mean it, it's it's interesting though because I feel like. Yeah, for guys who are so assured, we're we're always showing off for someone, and we're, or we're always having to justify ourselves to someone, which makes us like the worst kinds of legalists, right? Um, and the and the worst yeah. kinds of douches who are forever talking about how busy we are and how like you know stressed and how much we're giving, 
you know, to this justification. Or that. Yeah, yeah, justification yeah. by effort, you know, essentially. So, baby, talk me through the California ethos, and I want to know, like, because because I couldn't necessarily pinpoint where being a miserable workaholic Midwesterner kind of started, but it was just something that, like, I think I was just around it. Um, so I, I want to know what it was like for you growing up, not being around it and, and being okay with relaxing. Yeah, I think that, dude, it's a, it's something I've actually thought a lot about because being in an Ohio culture, yeah. it was, it's such a reversal. So I've had to think a lot about yeah. it. The easiest way, the easiest way I can like, I can sort of like put a phrase to it is Californians, um, they justify their work by the weekend and relaxation uh-huh. and, uh, Ohioans justify any kind of recreation by how hard they work. Interesting. And so, yeah. uh, uh, you know, like a Californian, like, so given the culture there and the availability of like, you know, just, you know, entertainment yeah. just surrounding you. Yeah. I mean, on Monday morning, everybody's goal is just to get to Friday afternoon so that they can get to the weekend. They can get out of Dodge. They can do the things they want to do. I mean, that's, that really is like everybody's primary goal is just to get through it, to get to the weekend. Yeah. And here it's just, it's, it's so different. It's so completely different. Yeah. It's more of like, the, there's the braggy dude. I, I not only work five days a week, but I have these three businesses on the side. Oh, yeah. I also farm yeah. and I haven't taken a day off in nine months. Yeah. And like, it's like, they want some kind of an award for that, you know? Well, they, they, and, they um, want, I don't think they want an award. And this is me speaking as a Midwesterner. I, I think they just want to feel okay. Um, or they want, sure. they want to be respected sure. or thanked. Like, cause the, the, the Midwestern part of the Midwestern pathology is you don't, you don't want to be celebrated, right? You don't want to be patted on the back or put on a pedestal. I, I think you just want to feel okay. Um, and part of feeling okay is telling everybody how busy you are and, 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 and how you have like, so for the Midwesterner, and I've seen this change big R just in our lifetimes, especially in church culture. So it used to be okay. And, and pipe, I want to hear you speak to this too, because you're, you know, I want to get that Minnesotan kind of perspective on it. It used to be okay to just have one job and you work that job roughly from eight to five Monday through Friday. And then like, like you said, Ron, the weekend is yours. Um, but in church culture and just being in reformed churches for the past 20 years, it's very much been a, well, yeah, I have my eight to five and then I'm like selling this or that on the side. I'm often working like half or the whole day Saturday on my like, you know, raising ducks for homeschool kids business or whatever. Like there's always some like, you know, chicken related side hustle. I mean, and it became this thing where if you take Saturday, you're almost lazy, you know? Um, And then Sunday, if you go to a reformed church, of course, is like, you know, four hours of church in the morning and then a little break and then another hour and a half in the evening. So yeah, it's, it's this weird thing where effectively we're clocking in somewhere every day for almost the whole day. Yeah. And then you add, then you add like your kids, like, um, you know, 61 hours a week soccer games. Oh, totally. And then, or, or, and then man, you just yeah, 61 hours a week drama or music or whatever your kids, whatever your obsession for your kid is add add that in. And then, yeah. Right. you your kid needs a full-time job that costs a full-time oh, yeah, salary. Absolutely. That's, that's, that's essentially how childhood and adolescence works as far yeah. as I can tell. Dude, isn't adulthood great? Yeah, it's wonderful. Um, I I wonder how much of this is generational as well as For regional. Sure. Because For I sure. feel like the, the 9 to 5 career type of job was an expectation of people 
of a certain age and generation much more than it yeah. is now. And some of that's like a make ends meet thing. Some of that's a everybody wants to be an entrepreneur yeah. thing. But I mean, I I feel that like I have a full time yeah. job, and I'm you know I make a salary and I have benefits and whatever. But I would be I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't also doing something yeah, on the same. side. And for me, it's not like a essential oils hustle. It's the creative side of things. So it's it's writing, it's podcasting, it's whatever. And and there's always this mixed response when people ask me because they're like, oh, so you're a writer? I'm like, I yeah. write, but. But I would be homeless if I tried to make a living writing. I I write because I I really enjoy it, and occasionally I get paid yeah. for it. Um, but people but people are kind of baffled at the amount of time or energy that goes into the side hustle, even while there's this low grade expectation of shouldn't everybody have a side yeah. hustle? Um, and so it's it, it, people are sort of conflicted in their own minds. They're like, man, we're guilty if we don't do this, but it's insane yeah, to do totally. this. Yeah, we're miserable if we're doing this, but we would never not do it, you know. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I squarely put myself in that category where probably monthly KK and I have the conversation about we're doing too much, why are we doing all this, and then we don't change a dang thing. Um, and, you know, I mean, part of it is... <laughs> well, if if there's if there's money attached to it, it's oh, real absolutely. hard to change. And, and, yeah, I think because I did make my living as a writer for so long, like... I just got accustomed to never leaving money on the table. Like I can't walk away from a payday because there might not be another payday, you know? And I think when you're, when you're freelance, like that's the headspace you're in so much of the time. So it's kind of like being an actor. Really. Dude, it really it's is. Why you see, yeah, it really is. It's like, it's like why you see actors that like the year before they made a movie that got nominated for an Academy Award, you don't hear anything about them. And then a year and a half later, they're doing like a Hallmark series. Well, yeah, dude, it's, it's like, like, why is Robert De Niro doing like, dirty grandpa six or whatever it's because probably the same pathology i mean he can't he can't walk away from it every job feels like your last yeah. job yeah so, and you're yeah. and you're scared that every job will be your last job so yeah you sure. know as a, as a writer that's that's very like part and parcel with this whole thing um i i do feel like we should probably say for, on the writing front uh that i get asked is i'm sure you do ted because you actually teach people mm-hmm. how to write you know, kind of how do you get started, those kinds of things. And, and you know, there's the there's the move from writing for exposure to when you get paid yeah. for it. You know, even if it's like 25 bucks yeah. for an article, they, that's there has now been value attached to the words that's that right. you wrote down. Once you get paid, it – I mean, it was probably two years ago that I, I decided I was like, oh, I don't want to write anything I'm not Absolutely, getting paid for. Dude. And because the six or seven years prior to that was – I will I will write for just about anybody because that's what it takes yeah. to make it yeah. whatever that means exposure whatever and so it, it took me it took me publishing two books before I realized I don't have to say yes to like a mommy blog who wants seven ways to hug your children or <laughs> posts or whatever and you know or or some church leader's site who's like hey write this thing about being a pastor's kid I'm like I already wrote a book yeah. on that just yeah. excerpt yeah. it and uh and so it, there, there is it. There are different stages yeah. for this. Once you get paid, it's real hard to give yeah. it up, nor do you have to. And it's and it's real hard to go back to writing for the the, the paycheck of exposure. Oh, most definitely. So here's my question regarding conferences and this. Um, so a, a, a big like drum that we bang and reformed him for good reason is expositional preaching. So you're going verse by verse through you know the Bible. 
Um, you can't do that at a conference because you're, this isn't your flock, right? Um, so my question to you guys is, is anybody talking about this thing at conferences? Like, can you go that topical? Are you allowed? Or do you still have to say, you know, today we're going to be in, you know, th- this passage and I'm just going to exegete this? Or could some Reformed pastor, who we would listen to, right, could Legan Duncan or Pipe's dad or somebody get up here and go, look, I'm I'm looking out at an ocean of miserable, shame-driven, legalistic <laughs> workaholics, right? Um and and you guys need to stop. Like you need to you need to change your lifestyle. That would require one of the speakers not being a guilt driven, miserable, shame oriented workaholic. True, man. That's true. Yeah. And I I don't know how many uh, of our most prominent preachers are not pretty squirrel. I mean, there's a reason the mold has been created for all of these up and coming pastors. Man. That's so true. And they're all cop. They're all copying yeah, the other that's guys. That's so true. I think to your question, though, uh, T, is that they, in my experience with the big conferences, they usually do center around um, like a like a short, like one of Paul's letters. Sure. So they're, ex- they're expositional nature. So I, I think like all these guys are given like whatever, a chapter or like 10 verses, and they got to they gotta exegete that passage for their talk. Where you get the more topical things are like in the workshop. Dude, it's weird. I mean, call me a heretic, but I, I would like to hear these guys go topical. And I, I bet it would be fun for them. Um, I don't know. I, I would love to hear Pipe's dad on like, you know, being a father or work-life balance or, you know, enjoying time with your wife or those whatever. Are my, those are 100% my favorite messages he ever yeah. gives or gave, as well as my favorite yeah. books he's written. Yeah. His 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 more heady, heavy theological stuff, I don't resonate with as a reader specifically because it's it's a lot like sure. talking to him, you know, just the consistency <laughs> of it. So I don't mean that I'm not, I'm not taking a dump on those books. They're just, I'm like, yeah, this is, this is all really familiar to me, but on marriage, on missions, on yeah. race, on the biography stuff that he's written, all the topical yeah. stuff is, and it does bring out a liveliness. Yeah. Like, at, so the pastor's conferences that they've done every year since, I don't know, 1989 or something mm-hmm. like that. He does a biographical sketch, like an hour long of some prominent, Christian missionary pastor theologian yeah. whatever those yeah, are the dude. best and and it's and it's so I think because it's I think because it's set against the backdrop of you know a thousand expositional mm-hmm. sermons and so yeah I would love to hear I would love to hear uh, you know Matt Chandler or David Platt or Lig Duncan talk about surviving in ministry or making it through cancer or marriage or parenting or work work home life balance or these kinds of things that I think would probably help the pastors sure. in the room significantly more than setting another example of what your sermons are supposed yeah. to look like. I know, like, but isn't that's the fear though, right? Because it's like because they're so because they're so aggro about expositional mm-hmm. preaching. And like you said, T, which is mm-hmm. good, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of you know how you know how we feel like local church ministry should sure. be from the pulpit, but at the same time, it's like for a conference. Yeah. I just think it would be really, really valuable to have it maybe be a little more you know topical yeah. oriented in nature. Again, just for the reasons why Pipe said, right? Like, man, I I definitely want to hear like like Chandler, you're a guy that's like president of Acts twenty nine of a twenty million dollar a twenty million person mega church and dollar. Um, and you got your stake company. You got your stake company. Tell us tell us how your anxiety level is today. Yeah. You know, I'd love to hear about. Dude, that. right? What's it like right. to be a stake tycoon? 
<laughs> tell me right, about exactly. that. Yeah. 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 Steak tycooning. It's like the next thing. Like, tell us about tell us about how we can start our Dude, own every other company. pastor is going to be a what? steak tycoon now because Matty Chance tried to do it, you know. I mean, I yeah. am. I can tell you that. You got right a little now. steak side yeah. business, Big R? I got a little herd. V- vegan steaks. I got a herd of uh, vegan steaks that are coming do. out of course at do. some point, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, boys, we uh, we we are nothing if not businessmen, and and we're we're nothing if not miserable, shame driven workaholics who have other things to go to quickly. So, uh, pipe, I'm going to have you tell us about Dwell Bible, which is a thing that probably uh, the three of us need to listen to more often. And uh, I want to hear about that, and then we got to get out. So, uh, Piper, t- tell us about Dwell. Yeah, for all you shame-driven workaholics out there, you probably feel guilty about not having enough time to actually be in your Bibles. So Dwell Bible app is a great remedy for that because it's an audio Bible that you can take with you anywhere. And they just rolled out a feature that you can do offline listening. So you can download chapters, books of the Bible, passages, and listen if your phone connection or your Wi-Fi stinks. For example, if you live in ashland ohio um so if you go to dwellapp.io you can see kind of what they are what they offer if you go to dwellapp.io dwellapp.io slash happy rant they have a special 33 percent discount for um for our listeners so that's twenty dollars a year to subscribe or a hundred dollars for a lifetime subscription here are some of their features they have listening plans to help you get through books of the bible thematic things or listen to the bible in a year they have like listen and reflect where you can put something on repeat with uh, certain amounts of silence between for memorization, for prayer, for reflection. They have different readers. They have musical backgrounds. They're rolling out some new narrators in the coming months as well to kind of add additional styles, voices. Um, and they, they're all very normal readers. So some British accent, a guy who's sub-Saharan African and has... You know, there's a, there's a freshness to listening to him. There's a, there's a whole spectrum of these things. So I use Dwell. Ted uses Dwell. Ronnie uses Dwell. We all like it. We use it kind of in different ways. But go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant to check out the offer that they have for us. I think they also have a free trial time if you just want to check it out and see if, uh, if it's the right thing for you. But check that out. We love it. It's a really great way to have the word in your life, even if you don't, uh, if it's, hard to sit down and take 30 minutes to read your Bible and, and really focus and reflect. Boys, we've done what we always do in this program in that we have wandered to and fro throughout these topics. And until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.